Hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. For tonight's episode, we're actually doing a year in review, top 10 films of 2012. With me, I have Charlie with me. Say hello to everybody. Hello. And with me, I also have Sean. Say hello to everybody. Hello. And so, anyways, this is something that we've been wanting to do for a while, and it's, now we're just not getting to a chance to go on ahead and do this. So I'm glad to actually have everybody back to do this segment. So with that being said, I'm going to go on ahead and get Charlie to open up with his number 10, and then I'll go to Sean, then I'll go to me. All right. Um, my number 10, um, kind of controversial. I had a lot of controversy with it. I mean, it's very diversive. So it's either people like it, people hate it. Fortunately, it also had, like, the controversy being the tragic shooting at Colorado. So, unfortunately, like, that, my number 10, I liked it. I had The Dark Knight Rises um, as my number 10. I, I was, I'm on the side of the people that enjoyed this movie. There's a lot of people that didn't like it. They didn't like it. Um, I enjoyed it. Like I said, it sure. Like again, I can't, I think the problem is it was coming off the hype that is the Dark Knight, and that movie is like one of the best movies of all time. The Dark Knight is just so good. So I had to try to one up it, which was which is really hard. I mean, I, there was a lot of hate for Bane because you couldn't understand him. I thought Tom Hardy was great as Bane. Um, sure, I didn't like Talia Al Ghul. Like like how she dies was like the most pathetic way ever. Um, but I liked it. I thought it was great. We got a great Catwoman. I mean, we had had Catwoman in the Batman movie since Michelle Pfeiffer in Batman Returns. Oh, like, so Cat- when did the Holly Berry movie come out? Was that before? Yeah, no, right. I was talking about it bat- in a bat. Fine, let me say it. Catwoman in a Batman movie okay. because how a Catwoman sucked. <laughs> I watched that movie a while ago. That movie sucked. It was horrible. Um, this one I liked. I like, and I love the uh, the vehicles in this. I thought the uh, the moped was great, or the bat the bat cycle, and of course his giant uh, the giant flying vehicle, which was awesome. Like, I mean, it had a great cast to it. it had a lot of good funny moments. I like J- Joseph Gordon Love it as uh, Robin. Um, I like the ending. I thought it was a fitting. Quinn ending. Quinn from Dexter's in it. Plays one Quinn, of the cops. Yeah, briefly, he's a douchebag <laughs> cop. Just like he is in Dexter. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's bro, he's like, stop that. And he's like, and he's like, and he just practically almost killed those kids. I'm like, hopefully you had that on your soul. But it's like it had a lot of great action sequences in it. Yeah, I get it. It's really long. But I I it's in it, I found it to be entertaining. That's why I had it as my number 10. I I have the poster for it. I mean, it's just for me, I liked it, but it's very diversive. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I that and then yeah. Um that's why I had to get it in 4K because I'm a, like like I said, no one knows how to make some Batman movies. I I did not like this movie at all. I think I I I li- literally that as soon as you could watch this movie. So like we had a midnight show for it at Apex. Yeah. I worked the midnight show and then I went in and watched it like after I got off my shift. And uh, I don't know, like you said, it's kind of hard to follow the Dark Knight. Yeah, like that was so good. Um, but Heath Ledger as the Joker is just like the yeah. all around that movie is awesome. I love the cast in this in Dark Knight Rises, yeah, like Tom Hardy, um, Anne Gigi. Hathaway. Yeah, yeah. Like, but yeah, I don't know. I just didn't like it. It also, I think we talked about it in a previous podcast or previous show about how like the movie experience could also ruin it. We had some people right next to us that were just talking the whole time. Oh, so like, sure. I don't know if that had anything to do with it. 
but I literally watched it as earliest as you could watch that movie, and I have not watched it yeah. ever since. I mean, it just had a lot of like controversy with it because right before the movie came out, yeah. we had the fateful shooting, which was just, ugh, it was, yeah, it, was it just, it just like, you just kind of had a feeling that someone was like, this movie was going to have controversy, and unfortunately, it did. Um, but it's like, yeah, I mean, I like the cast again. The the cast was great. I thought like the story. I mean, it was really long, and I think mm-hmm. sure it was kind of slow at paces. Um, but I loved Anne Hathaway in this. But she was fantastic as a Catwoman. Like just the one liners. Like you no, know, my mother always told me never to get in cars with strange men. This is in the car. <laughs> like, I mean, just like that. And then, and then like just 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 some of the action sequences. Like that sequence where Batman's going to get get back into that that whole one IMAX sequence. I thought that was awesome. The sequence where Batman and the cops were all teaming up to take on Bane and his troops. I thought that was a great action sequence. Sure, Matthew Modine character was just a prick, and he's like, he was not needed in this movie. Sure, there's flaws of it, but I mean, it, it, it was not enough to take away from it. It's just an enjoyable movie. That's why I had that as my number 10. Okay. I'm going to save what I have to say for the top 10 disappointed films so <laughs> <laughs> um but anyways let's go with your top 10 uh, for your list sean so i have another tom hardy movie that came out this year or that year um lawless is my number 10 mm-hmm. um it's like crime drama uh takes place during prohibition in virginia um tom hardy shia labeouf uh Justine. yeah and then i can't remember his name Guy, oh, Pierce. Was it, uh, was it, yeah, Guy uh, Pierce. Guy Pierce. So Gary Oldman was yeah, in Gary Oldman too. Um, so yeah, Mia Stellar Kowalski or whatever her name is is in that too. I think. I think so. So like yeah. stellar cast, stellar acting. Acting. It's about uh, three brothers who run a bootlegging business out of their uh, bar, and then like a new sheriff comes into town. And he's like, "Hey, um, I'll let you keep doing what you're doing, but you're gonna have to pay me some money." And they're like, "We were doing fine without you. We're not paying you." So conflict ensues but it's really good especially if you like like that time period and like crime movies i think it's highly recommended yeah i actually have lawless as my number two so I'll oh yeah yeah. yeah so it's a good movie it, it really is if you actually think about it i definitely love the opening scene where we're first introduced into shia because shia actually goes into a pentecostal house uh church and basically the, they all get this. The parents actually know that he's a douchebag. He, they all know that he's part of uh, this whole entire bootlegging operation and things like that. But what's funny is this one girl kind of accepts him for who he is and is also washing his feet at the same time. They also kick him out of the church, which I found hilarious. <laughs> I thought Tom Hardy was the standout in the film. I thought they both. I thought Shia and. Uh, Tom Hardy both played off each other very well. No one yeah, overshadowed sure. anyone. And back then, Shia was actually a top, was like a household name according to how Tom Hardy is, though, too. But now it just seems like, to me, Tom Hardy's overshadowed him now. But back then, when you look at both performances, both performances actually equaled out. And I have to admit, uh, Lawless is probably one of my favorite movies as far as gangster-type films are. Uh, and also, too, not to mention, I like stuff that's dealing with bootlegging and things like that. So this is definitely right up my alley when it comes down to that. So, Did you ever see it, Charlie? I have not. It's on my various list of things to see. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, know it. Um, I know who's in it. I know what it's about. I've seen trailers for it. I just haven't gotten around to see it yet. All right. So this is what I have for my number 10. 
My number 10 is a horror movie and it's called Sinister. And Ethan Hawke is in it. Yep. And I have to say, this is actually a really good movie. Uh, I actually got a chance to review it for Halloween last year on the audio only side of the podcast and stuff like that. And that was my first time watching it. I didn't, there was other movies that I saw during this time that I felt like, okay, I can go ahead and wait for Sinister to come out on Blu-ray or DVD or whatever it was at that time. And I'm like, "Eh, I can always just wait. But then I watched it for the very first time last year. I definitely liked the slow pacing of the film. I liked the introduction into Ethan Hawke's character. And also too, I definitely love the slow pacing of it. And then once the slow tension is built up, that tension is actually released. And also, too, it has that creepy vibe, that whole entire uh, paranormal type of investigation type of thing, especially whenever he's trying to write the book about what happened inside that house. That's the one where they find the videos? Yeah, that's the one where he finds the videos and stuff. Fuck. Dude, but, that... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> but actually, he actually moves into the house knowing that somebody, something actually happened to that family and trying to investigate it and write a book about it. Yeah, like... So, the I guess I don't I don't know I guess we can spoil it a little bit yeah but like seeing watch it go ahead seeing <laughs> like where he find he starts looking at the videos and then it's like the little the daughter I think it's the daughter in every family kills yeah. the family the one with the fucking push mower and he she literally just mows over everyone I was like holy shit it's like this movie's crazy <laughs> another thing that creeped me out was the whole the uh, sinister look the yeah. monster itself whenever Ethan Hawke is looking at it and then you see the outline of his face and then all of a sudden the film starts catching on fire. Oh yeah. That, yeah. that part gave me chills to the core. Like I'm like, okay, so this is what the tone is for. This is what I'm looking at. I can't wait to see more of it, but yeah, this is definitely one of my favorite movies of 2012. I thought it was really good with the pacing. Like I said, I thought it was really great. Yeah. So yeah. Like I'm not, like I, I watch horror movies, but I'm not like super into them. But that one is really good. Like that one, that one's a, that's that, that's probably one of the best ones I've seen in a long time. Like that and Quiet Place, I really like. Bagel uh, was awesome. <laughs> Talking Babagool? Yeah, the Babagool. <laughs> At that time, I have to admit I did like that film, but the more I watched it and everything over the years. I don't know. It just didn't hit me the way it used to back whenever I first saw the film. And I really wanted to enjoy the film again. It just didn't have that flavor for me to want to invest my time and energy back into it again. The For me, I thought some stuff felt forced uh, the second or third watch. But that's just me. I'm glad that you enjoyed it, though, man. That's that's yeah. fantastic. That's one of the best things about film. I'm glad that you enjoyed that, Tim. All so, right. So my number nine... Um, that like I had the movie Oliver Stone Savages. Um, this one stars uh Aaron, Aaron Taylor Johnson. It's got uh Taylor Keish. Um, um. Oh, hold on, John. I think like the guy was the monster in Sinister. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 The mon- <laughs> Here's the thing, dude. I'd forgot that they actually named the monster in Sinister, so I'm sorry. I'm actually thinking of the Babadook. Oh, Babadook. Yeah, yeah. I was. I thought I was thinking of the Babadook dude, uh, so I'm sorry about that. But yeah, the Bugaloo uh, uh, was the monster in Sinister. Yes, he was actually hideous. That was like the most horrifying thing that I've seen in Sinister. So yeah, I definitely have to agree with you on that. Okay, so um, my number nine was the 
the uh, Oliver Stone Savages, which is ba- which was based off the book. Um, I forgot who wrote it. Um, I know I wrote this is the one few movies that actually wanted to read the book before I saw the movie. Um, I love the movie ending so much better than the book. Um, so anyway, it stars uh, Taylor Kish, um, Aaron Tara Johnson, John Travolta was in this movie, Salma Hayek, Benicio del Toro, who's being typecast as Mexican cartel guy or whatever. Um, Blake Lively was in this movie. So again, I, I love this. I like this movie. It was entertaining. Um, it, it flowed, like the characters just flowed perfectly from the book. Like I thought Chan was perfectly cast. So Essentially, it's uh, Ben and Sean, they're, they're very smart. Like, they, they, they went to, like, Caltech. They're very smart guys, and they're having, they have their own marijuana business. Um, so that – and then the cartel, Mexican cartels were interested in it, so they asked them, okay, we want we wanted to be partners with you. Ben and Sean said no, and then the Mexican cartel was like, you know what? We don't like no for an answer. So they, they, they kidnap Blake Lively character who – is in a relationship with both Ben and Sean at the same time. Um, so they do they that. So essentially it's like a revenge kind of movie in a sense. It's got some great action sequences in it. It's, it's intense, like I said, but Benicio's great in it. Um, originally, this is the one movie that uh, before Blake Lively was cast, Jennifer Lawrence was attached to play. Oh, the Blake Lively character mm. in Savages, Ooh. but she, she dropped, she dropped out because of scheduling conflicts because she, was filming Hunger Games at the time, which is understandable. Yeah, which I think is a better choice. But and this is also one of the movies where I had a pet peeve. Um, so, <laughs> but I'll say the opening is the opening is a sex scene, like right off the bat. This family <laughs> and their kids walk in <laughs> on the opening sequence when I went to see this. I'm like, sure, this one is like, are you kidding me? <laughs> it's just opening sex scene, and you're walking in on this. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, how do you not? Know? This is definitely a hard R-rated movie. Hey, man, kids got to learn sometimes. Yeah, that's their way to learn. Um, I got another movie on this list where I got another pet peeve, but we'll get to that. But no, this was what? (laughs) Is it Underworld? Oh, no, no, that's not not on my top 10. That's an honorable mention. Um, (laughs) But uh, but no, I like this. I remember working at the theater when Underworld came out. We had it timed perfectly for when that scene came on. Oh, what, the Evolution, the sequel? Yeah. Yeah. I have, I have the, 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 because there was another sequel that came out this year um, in 2012 that's on my list. But no, I like Savages. I think might still be on Netflix. I don't know. I recommend checking it out. Like I said, I read the book and I was, dep- I was like, oh, come on. And then, then watching the ending in it and just hearing everybody in the theater freak out. I'm like, oh, boo. they start boo in the theater because of the ending. And I'm like, I, I was like, I was just shaking my head. I'm like, I don't know what your problem is. <laughs> I like that ending, but hey, it's it's a good movie. Uh, Travolta's great in it. He's a corrupt DEA agent or whatever, but uh, it's classic Travolta. But it's it's definitely worth a watch because if you like Mexican cartels, like all that kind of that stuff, and Benicio again, he's just Benicio's is great. But uh, yeah, Savages is my number nine. That's really I like that movie. I can't remember either. You or Tim let me borrow it, and I remember really liking it. It's a good action movie. Might have been me. I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, I can't remember. It's been a while, but like I said, I thought the casting was great in this. Like the, it is the, this the characters from the book to the movie it just translated well for who, who they cast it for it. To be honest, but it's a good movie though. Yeah, for me, I haven't seen it, seen it all the way through yet, or anything like that. I have it on. They have it on Netflix right now that you can stream it. 
So I'll probably wind up catching it later on and watch it again. It's just that I had other th projects and other things that got in the way of me watching it. So that's yeah. why I, I didn't get. That's why I I haven't really interacted much with this uh, with this viewing. So it's all good, but Sama Hayek is very like sinister in a sense. He's <laughs> very vindictive. Very like perfect for the villain. Oh, awesome! I like Sama Hayek, so I'm in. Oh yeah, she, <laughs> he's too. Yeah, she's pretty bad in this one. <laughs> uh, for my number nine, I have The Watch, which I think oh. is a very underrated comedy. I think the movie is really funny. That's my uh, that's on my honorable mention list. Yeah, that's on my uh, number four. Is number four. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it feels like we're gonna have the same taste of movies on this one. Um, but yeah, The Watch, the uh, Ben Stiller. Um, Vince Vaughn, Vince Vaughn, Jonah Hill. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but Richard Aduya, which I think he's such an underrated comedian. He is so funny in everything he does. He kind of plays the same character, but he just it's perfect. Um, but yeah, it's about a neighborhood watch, and they stumble upon aliens invading Costco. Yeah, and for members like, only. <laughs> yeah, so like I was kind of like when I was writing this list, I was like, oh, I the watch came out, and I was like, I really, re I love this movie. It's so funny. So I started like reading stuff on it. I was like, man, everyone must love this movie. A lot of people don't. And their no. whole problem was no. that it had crude humor and that it was just jokes all the time. And I was like, that's the point. I, I don't understand the problem. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, the, the original title was called Neighborhood Watch, but this yeah. is right around the time where we had the, the Zimmerman situation. Yeah. And that's when they changed the name. I just remember when for, I think it was. I think it was like it was right before a kid movie that somebody accidentally at, at the theater accidentally spliced the red band trailer of the watch to the kid movie trailer. So they got to see the opening sequence where um, like um, that Richard, uh, the Richard character talking about going into a sex orgy. Oh, yeah. And then like, <laughs> and I was like, Oh, I was, I was just, just like, what part, what, what part in the trailer was it? Like I was immediately like, no, housewife. She's in Housewife alone. She hears a noise. She calls Neighborhood Watch. Yeah, yeah. Then she sucks my dick. <laughs> Boom! And then he was like, great. I like, would also like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, this it was just great. This like this see how the cops didn't take these guys seriously. Yeah. And Jonah Hill was like, 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 I used to be cop, and he goes in and he's like, Yeah, we gotta go to stop up in my house. You see all the guns he has. <laughs> hey mom, I'm trying to be a hey, I'm, get out of my room. <laughs> Sorry, mom, should be a big man. Uh, <laughs> and then yeah and then the other cool thing is starlight from the boys was vince vaughn's daughter in the watch oh yeah oh, that's yeah, a good that's a good that. scene too it's like oh she's my world he's like can i go out and he's like not looking Whoa. like that yeah and then let's see what you're doing on the internet let me let me see what you're what you're doing yeah. let me see your yeah <laughs> Um, and then there's been, and then like Costco's for members only. Like I thought that was funny. Like I thought it was a great cast. It's entertaining. Mm -hmm. It's kind of on. I'm watching. Like especially that their brains are their dicks. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, and you see Vince Vaughn rip. The, they say, did your like did your dad rip your bo ex boyfriend's dick out? Yeah, I'll have her home at a, I'll have her home at a ten thirty. Midnight's fine. Don't be an ass. <laughs> <laughs> like and uh, just like, it was pretty violent too. Some of the violence in this. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite um, movies from 2012 is Universal Soldier. Yeah, Universal Soldier is definitely a good movie for 2012. I definitely enjoy that one. Um, was that like Regeneration or something like yeah, that? Yeah, uh -huh. it was Regeneration. This is yeah. like after the first one. Um, uh, yeah. 
Um, but yeah, the watch was great. It's an honorable mention. I just couldn't fit it on this list because I had so many other ones I liked better. But it's a great movie. You see, another thing though too that I really liked about it was you know I definitely love the comedy aspect of it, but I also liked it when one of them was like, "So where's the orgy kind of happening at?" Oh, oh it's yeah. Doctor Manhattan. <laughs> Doctor Manhattan was the uh, he, he, Doctor oh, yeah. Manhattan like yeah. Doctor Manhattan was doing is at the, the the front of the orgy, and then he had the Lonely Island. Was there? It was one of the uh, was the in the orgy. So and um, it's directed by if the movie is directed by a Lonely Island guy and it had uh, and then so the other two were in the set were in the orgy sequence. Like I didn't realize like oh holy yeah. crap, Andy Samberg and the other guy were part of the orgy members. Oh my god! <laughs> and then you also have um, that one Boston song that they all kept on singing through the movie. Oh yeah, too. you ain't seen nothing uh, yet. Yeah. yeah, you ain't seen. That's my favorite thing that they were doing for since the very beginning of the film yeah. was singing that song and then of course something bad would always happen and yeah. then um i also have to uh, the other thing i have to w- laugh at is the fact that where are their brains located at and then of course the w- one of the wife said well guys always Hello. think with their di- they always think with their dick so one of the guy the comedian that you mentioned sean he goes well let's just go in and see what happens if i shoot one in the dick and see what happens what <laughs> <laughs> is like when he shows back up and he goes hi <laughs> he hi guys yeah okay yeah yeah the, yeah our, i mean our their, their, their brains are their dicks i mean so everybody, everybody shoot for their johnson that's immediately when vince from this like, rips the guy's dick out it's just like <laughs> nope <laughs> it, it's classic vince fun but yeah it's just is this and Vince Vaughn together? It's just so funny. Like, to be honest I, with you, I wish that they would actually make more movies together. To be honest with you, yeah. Don't wrong, I love Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson together, but yeah. Ben Stiller and him did such a bit, good job with this. To be honest with you, I wish yeah. that they would make another uh, movie of this or make because I feel like they can actually do something within the neighborhood watch. To be honest, Dodgeball too. Make Dodgeball too. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I guess they were in Dodgeball together. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Wait, Goodman. Yep. Yeah, I mean they're on opposite sides. This is the first time they were together on the same side, and then technically they kind of were an Anchorman in the very first Anchorman, where Buenos Dias bitches, where he's uh, uh like we're like we're like the the anchor fight Vince Vaughn, and then Ben Stiller was part of the Spanish and out the, the Spanish team. <laughs> um, yeah, the the watch was a great. Yeah, that's such a funny movie. But I just remember split the kid like during one of the kid trailer movies. The, the watch red band shirt was spliced to it. And I was like, oh boy. <laughs> so let's see here. For my number nine, I got Looper, which is Ooh. a normal moment. Hell yeah. And that's my number two. Awesome. But yeah, um, that's something yeah, that I really like to say. Yeah, Looper was a great movie. This is before Bruce Willis was just acting as Bruce Willis. This was him actually being fully developed into a character. Yeah. and everything this was him giving it his all i love the originality behind it where you actually have to go in time to stop a mur- something to, uh from someone from killing his future self or his past self and then also too you also get to see what happens whenever somebody actually does kill him in that universe where they actually get zapped into coins which i found really fascinating with that outlook the whole entire special effects is really good the action is really good the chemistry between bruce willis and joseph gordon lovitz is excellent so I have to say that's I, Looper is one of my favorites too. Re- really, one of my favorites. Yeah, like I, I love that movie. Like it's like an original idea. It's like a 
It's a because a lot of times a lot of stuff now is like remakes or based off right. of the books. This is original idea. I really like the director, uh, Ryan Johnson. Even though now he's kind of made some shitty movies, but like before this, like I really liked Brick, which he did yep. with uh, Joseph Gordon Lovett as well. That was um, a good movie, Brick. Yeah, Brick, yeah. and I, I've seen Looper too. It's just I think I just couldn't have so, fit in any of my lists, but I yeah, liked like, it. It was entertaining. It's Looper's like cool. one of the perfect like sci-fi noir type movies. I, mean, like, I, I love the new Blade Runner, but this is like really good too. Um, I mean, it definitely fits under that sci-fi noir, like it, like the the giant. That's a it's a good it's a good concept about you having to take out your former self. Yeah. I mean, that's right. And then, the, and then and then the beginning yeah. like uh narration like when joseph gordon lovin's like kind of narrating like a, mm-hmm. like i just love like crime movies where like the main character like sin city how they're kind of talking as they're doing stuff like i just love that part in different movies um fun fact about this i don't know if it's a fun fact but so like when they did the movie i guess it's gonna make bruce willis look kind of bad but bruce willis refused to put on makeup to look like joseph gordon lovett so Joseph Gordon-Lovett <laughs> had to put on makeup to look more like Bruce Willis. That's why he kind of looks funky in it. And it's because Bruce was like, I'm I'm not changing how I look. So Gordon-Levitt being like the, the younger actor had to take the fall for that. Okay. And it's a very young Emily Blunt in this one too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah she played the, she played the mom. Yeah. Would have been funny if Krasinski was in this movie too. <laughs> <laughs> But the yeah, one scene was cool where the where the one guy how he he didn't close his loop, and mm-hmm. so his his former self is old running around I guess current time, but all of a sudden like his hand falls off or his fingers start falling off because mm. they're actually killing him in the future. Like just effects are really cool, like you said, John. Like it's just an all around awesome sci fi movie. Definitely. Okay, so what do you have, Charlie? All right, my number eight. Um, I like like it, the I have the Hunger Games. This was just a great movie. It's just, it's like, um, I read the books for this. These are actually the young adult movies, like books that I actually enjoyed. And the books were a little bit more violent than the movies itself. Like this for this, for this, like this, what I read in the, the catching fire book, there's a lot of decapitations, heads chopped off. Like it's a lot more violent than these movies. But again, I thought this was a great movie. Jennifer Lawrence was great as Katniss. Um, it has a great, it was a cool story about having the districts fight each other. And it's just really cool to see this translate to the, the um, to the theaters. I think it was, it was just a great movie. It's got a great cast. Like, Hey, Mitch was great. And Woody Harrelson was great. Elizabeth Banks, even Lenny Kravitz was great as Cinna. Um, unfortunately, I never knew what happened was going to happen to Cinna. Cause again, I read the books, but I thought it was just an entertaining movie. It's one of those like young adult movies that, didn't that didn't piss me off or like looked ugly to watch like <clears throat> twilight this is so much better than twilight this is more entertaining <laughs> it, it's not and it, it has much better dialogue and it's just it's intense like i mean you have a great antagonist in uh donald sutherland as president snow i mean it's just it, it's a great start to to, to the series um, like I said, I, I had to have that on my list because it was just—it was just a great movie. I, I, I just remember liking it so much. Um, but yeah, that's my number eight, Hungry Games. Okay. Um, I remember I watched it. I thought it was fine. Um, I never saw any of the sequels or anything though. Neither. Catching Fire is the best one. Oh. The, the sequel, Catching Fire, is the, the best one. Um, oh, is there a? Um... <laughs> <laughs> 
Isn't is there a, a like a Japanese or Korean movie? Yes, that's similar? Battle Royale. Battle Royale, Battle Royale is. is really yeah. A lot of people recommend that to me, but I haven't seen it. Yeah, I don't I know. Yeah, I gotta be honest. With you. Battle Royale is fantastic. If you're looking for something similar to uh, Hunger Games, but a lot more raw, a lot more edgier and bloodier, Battle Royale is definitely the way to go. Hmm. And plus, it's also a good foreign film. So, but uh, what were you gonna say, Charlie? And then after that, I'll give you my. Oh, no, that's all good. I mean, I I just really like this movie. It just it is okay. the, the the casting just flowed from the book. I mean, and Josh Hutcherson. Pedo, I'm like, man, like, like, how, like, like, the, there's so many jokes we, like, my family and I would make about how his height, about, man, everybody's hot, t- like, is a lot taller than Peta in this movie. And then to find out <laughs> Peta, like, Peta, um, Josh Hutcherson joined the, joined the, was in the disaster artist and him playing the character, Denny, which is like the creepy kid from the room. I thought that was just, it just, fit him but again this it, it was just a good start to the series uh catching fire is still my best favorite one out of the series because it's it's more intense um but like i said i i just, I just thought it was a great movie okay you see for me i didn't I've, i only watched the first one i felt like i didn't need to see any more after that one i thought it was fine it's just not didn't gravitate towards me like i wanted to yeah. don't get me wrong yeah. i felt like okay if they told the story that didn't need to be told in the first movie I understand there's two more books, but for me, that's not something that I want to see. Like, the sequel is like a much better than this one. I mean, you got Philip Seymour Hoffman is in that one. Right. Um, I think I think you had uh, Woody Harrelson, right? Or is that in the third? Woody, one? Yeah, Woody, Woody Harrelson's in all of them. Right, so right, right. Elizabeth, Elizabeth Banks is in all of them. Lenny Kravitz is in the first two. Um, um, I think I, I think Jenna Malone joined them in the second movie. Um, they had, um, I think, uh, the guy that played uh, Fe- um, from the in the latest Bond movies, the um, like uh, Felix Felix yeah. Leiter. Yeah, he um, he's in it. Um, he's in the he's in the next few. Um, and then I think Julian Moore joins in on the third one. Um, so they they get some really big cast. Like, and then I think uh, Foggy joins in the third one from Daredevil. Um, and then. Um, then um I can't think of her name. Um she was in um Natalie Dormer. Yeah, she joins oh. in the third one as well. Um like I said, they get more intense as they progress. Like the second one still is my favorite, but they get more intense as them as they progress. Okay. So I would I would watch at least watch the second one. If you don't want to watch that after that one, you can't. But the second one is the best one. All right. So, what do you have on your next one, Sean? I have uh, number eight. I have Django Unchained. Damn it! (laughs) That's my number one. You see, I love that movie. I love that movie, but I don't have that on my list. Oh, really? Yeah, that was my number one. (laughs) Was it? Yeah, like that. Like I said, I had like that one. I was edging between that and something else. But man, oh, go ahead, Sean. (laughs) I know it's just like awesome cast. Yes. Like it's one of those movies that I can just put on to like doing stuff like good dialogue, good action. Um, Jamie Foxx, uh, Christopher Waltz, um, just Leo. Yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio. Sam Jackson. Uh, Yeah. Sam Jackson. Jackson. Super funny. Like it's just like 
Like, it's just like it's a perfect. It's one of the perfect. If you're into action movies and you like westerns, or even if you don't like westerns but you like action movies or just movies with good dialogue in general, it's like, like a spaghetti western. So it's yeah. not not a western, but it's got western elements in it. But no, I mean. Django is just so good. I mean, that's why I had to have it as my number one. Like the casting was great. Leo was fantastic. There's a sequence in it where he flat out cuts his hand, and that was not planned. And he's All still right. acting with like the okay. sequence where he smashes his hand on the on the skull. He cuts his hand. He's still acting. And it's just like it's like I mean, Leo is just, was great in this. I mean, physics be damned in this movie. Like the sequence for like Bob Miss Laura when they said, right, go say bye to Miss Laura. I right, buy Miss Laura and she just gets shot. And she just goes flying for the side. That, of the that made me laugh my ass off though. Like, Every single time I see that scene, I always wind up laughing and I have to go back, rewind it and play it again. Yeah. The sequence that made like I, I saw this twice in theaters, like twice okay. and maybe twice in one week. Um, Cause I saw like, cause I just got home. This is my, I just finished my fresh, my, so, my, uh, fall semester of my freshman year in college and we went to the, like my family and I, we went to the movies afterwards because the new theater just opened up near us and this was the IMAX theater so my mom and my sister went to go see Les Mis I'm like no I'm not doing that I'm going Django um, my dad and my brother and I were seeing Django and the sequence were the backheads when the, the Jonah Hill's appearance the one where um, um, Don Johnson and all of them try to like ambush try to ambush the uh, the dude and all of them have the, the 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 white hoods on there, the white supremacists, and then also, God damn, I can't see in this thing. And then the, and then there's having a huge conversation, bickering about the mask. It's like, well, who came up with the damn mask? I don't know. It was your wife, but she sucked at it. Is this that they're just bickering with each other? Right. The theater is this a this cracking up? Like the whole theater just starts crying, laughing, is because like, the sequence is just so funny. Like you didn't expect, and, and Jonah Hill's masks rips it's like do you have another mask no we don't have another right i was just asking okay let's just say the mask sucked all right the mask sucked. We go no mask this time and the next time we do mask well fuck you guys <laughs> it kind of reminds you of self parking me screw you guys i'm gonna help it's exactly and then, and then you find out this is all a trap. We see Jenkins on them in the background. This that. I mean, this movie's funny, but also has some really intense moments. Like when right. the dogs kill that guy. I killed one of the uh, one of the fighters because he didn't want to do it. Like that that scene was intense. Um, I know I re- I wrote a paper like did a comparison paper between this and Unforgiving in one of my uh, film classes, and I was doing this two scenes and this. But no, Django is just my number one. It's just, and then the other, the other time I saw it, Sean was when you invite me. He's like, "Yo, want to go see Django?" So I went, I went with you and Brian and um, and and Melissa, and we all saw it. And after we saw it, like, like I came out, I admit it, I already saw this movie. Yeah. And then, oh, yeah, I saw it yesterday or something like that. Wait, I, I saw it because I saw. It, <laughs> my dad told me not to mention it because I want to see it twice because I want to hang out with you guys. But it was. Well worth it. And then right. Tarantino's appearance was the other highlight too. And his one of the guys like and once I heard him say, Go fight, go get that dynamite, I was like, Oh god. Because I know Tarantino's gonna die because Tarantino likes dying in his movies in the most gruesome way possible or whatever. So when I heard him get the dynamite, I'm like, okay. And him, try, and him try to speak with a southern accent and then Django just shoots him and he blows up i just yeah. that was a, i just cry laughing because i knew <laughs> that was going to happen 
Let's see. Also, I love the soundtrack to it. I remember yeah. um, downloading the soundtrack first before seeing the movie, and I actually had a screener copy at the time that someone actually sent to me everything from one of the uh, movie review websites, and I got to watch it. And I just remember falling in love with the film. I thought the film was really solid. I thought Christoph Waltz was probably the best thing about it, aside from Leonardo DiCaprio, things like that. And then, like Charlie mentioned, where Leonardo DiCaprio just uh, cuts himself on an accident with the glass. I thought that was good. Then the dark humor in it was fantastic, though, yes. too. I'm a sucker for dark humor. Um, this movie is just great. I mean, Leo was like that. And Sam Jackson was good, too, in his minor role. But mm-hmm. And then maybe anytime I see Sam Jackson in an R-rated movie, I just count how many times he's going to drop the MF line. I think he only said it like mm-hmm. twice in this movie. But again, in the sequence, we're like, bye, Miss La, when they get, when she gets shot and just goes flying. It's just, that sequence is just so funny. And then um, him taking out Walter Goggins. Oh, yeah, that's right. You're going to aim for my nuts. And then just shoots him right in the nuts. And then, like, well, the shootouts were great in this, too. Like, the shootout after Christoph Waltz is like, I'm sorry, I couldn't oblige. I think he, kill, he kills Calvin Candy. And it's just like when I saw Leo's like, oh, Leo is so good in this movie. But it's just, I mean, Leo is just that type of actor. He's really found his niche. He, like, he can work with any director. Well, it'll be Scorsese, now currently Tarantino. I mean, he's like the two Tarantino movies I've seen him in. He was fantastic in Once by Time in Hollywood. It's one of my all time favorite movies. Just, oh. just so good. Mm-hmm. It was fantastic in it. And then, and then, like he was great in a small role in this one too. But the action sequences, oh. the shootouts were awesome. And it's I love the shootouts, especially like, in the small violent. town. Like, yeah, it's violent. The- <laughs> like I mean, that that shootout where him dodging behind the guy and the guy's getting shot at, and you see this like. Like this battlefield, like blood just flirt out. Like this, it's just blood splatters everywhere, and it's just an intense she- sequence. But it's bait just because it's kind of funny because you're going so to Tarantino. It's yeah. so over the top, but this is Tarantino. So you were expecting something else when it comes to Tarantino. Then I don't know right. what to say. But. Another thing too that I want to mention is this: they actually made a Django Unchained serial. Oh really? Yeah, but they had to ban it because of how racist it actually is. Mm. Because you know how Lucky Charms they have different types of designs, different types yeah. of things that represent the leprechaun. And mm. this one they have whips, guns, oh, spurs, and cowboy boots. And I'm like, eh. <laughs> it's like no wonder why they decided. Uh, to ban that, but get this you can actually, uh, how I found out about that was through Screen Junkies, back whenever Django yeah. Unchained came out and yeah. I was like, yeah, that, no wonder why that got banned But and then, just, and then the funny thing is they have Django showing up at, in A Million Ways to Die in the West like at, <laughs> as one of the end credit sequence he shows up it's like, yo, I hear people die at the fair and it's like, and, he's, <laughs> and, then he, and he just randomly shoots a guy, he goes, what the F where are those white women at? <laughs> And that was like an unexpected sequence after a million ways to die in the West. But no, I mean, the other interesting thing too, I found this out a while ago, but um, like, cause since they put the a hateful eight on like Netflix, there's an extended cut. There's rumors of an extended cut of Django hmm. potentially going on like a much longer mo- vo- version of Django. And I'm like, it's already I mean, a long movie. It is. Right. And I'm like, okay, but I'm like I said, this is one of the Tarantino movies I'm waiting to get in 4K. Like that and Glorious Bastards. They need to release those in that in 4K. And 
And if we're going on the hashtag, like hashtag restore the Snyderverse, hashtag release the whole bloody affair, which is the Japanese cut of the original Kill Bill, because mm. Kill Bill was one movie, um, one long movie, and um, but then they split it to two, and then that whole sequence where her, uh, the bride taking out the bodyguards and stuff, the reason that was in black and white was to, to avoid the censors. Because the original movie is NC seventeen. That whole sequence is color. That whole and that thing is intense. So there's a lot of stuff. That's the that was the like that's the whole why I haven't bought Kill Bill because I've been waiting for that cut. <laughs> because I like it's the one the, it's what it's supposed to be one movie, but like, that's why I haven't bought Kill Bill in any of the formats yet because I've been w- waiting for years for that. So instead of start the hashtag. Hashtag Killville. I did. I wrote on somebody else. I think on our like buddy, uh, on Cole's right. page. Hashtag. You know, restore the Snyder versus great, but we really need is hashtag release the whole bloody affair. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Django is great. That's why it was my number one. It was like I was. I have three movies. I was trying to figure out what would be my number one, but no, Django is just, just so good. I just had to have it as my number one. Definitely. Let's see, uh, Rossi. We're on eight. Number. Yeah. I think we're, I, we're on your own. Yeah. Okay, so my number eight is going to be Dread. Oh, damn it. That's my number four. <laughs> <laughs> but Dread is one of my favorite movies. I remember going to see this movie uh, when it first came out. It had uh, Kurt. Yep, that's it. And of Carl course, Urban. Carl Urban in it. And let me just say this. I love the stunts in it. I saw this movie in 3D. The 3D effects definitely stands out when you're watching it, because at first I was like, eh, it's 3D, it's not going to stick out as much, because I've seen 3D movies where they hype it up, but the special effects for the 3D was really good at the time, and I like how it's this thing, basically you're having a fight, I think of it as a video game type thing, instead of a comic book based movie, because think of it like this, you're going up the stairs, trying to get to the main boss, the person that's in charge of this drug operation, but you have to cut through every single other person to get to her, Hmm. This big king, bo- uh, kingpin boss, and this movie is fantastic. Yeah, like the raid. It's exactly, it's like this is a more a more U.S. version of the raid, essentially. Exactly. Um, but hmm. the the stunt work really works. Carl Urban as Dread was really good. I'm glad that they didn't make him remove the helmet, opposed to how Sylvester Stallone played Dread, which is like very one dimensional with him. I felt with Carl Urban, I feel like I got more of the dread aspect that I liked from seeing dread. And it felt more like the comic book feel to it that I wanted to get from the Sylvester Stallone movie. And man, the action sequences are good. You're wondering how are they going to blast through this whole entire building to fight all these other gangsters uh, coming at them. I thought it was really good. Yeah, it's great. Like, like I said, I had this at four. This movie's awesome. I mean, Carl Urban is fantastic. It's dread. This is one of the ones that critics loved. And crit- usually I'm like, what? Critics like this movie? They don't usually like anything good. Like, yeah, I enjoy. The Red was, like, Dread was great. Like, the opening sequence, like, you just see him get his gear on. You briefly see his face, but not much. Like, it's very, like, shaded. Like, that's intentional. But the action sequences were great. I mean, Lena Headey as um, as uh, Mama. I mean, perfect. Like, she, she's very vindictive. T- perfect villain. I mean, just the action sequence and the, the gun effects too are just awesome. And then the uh, and then his partner and like this like the partner realizing like, um, it's like saying, rookie, why did you do that? Well, I already failed because they stole my gun. 
And then the end of it is like, she passed. Like, like I mean, it's just like, this, this not, but the action sequences, again, them going up levels, this nonchalant, like taking all of these guys. I mean, it's violent. Like, and this, hmm. the great part of it is the slow-mo effects. Slow-mo is the drug that they take. And then you see everything in slow motion and you see dread coming in slow motion. And it's like, yeah, it's just, it just adds more to the movie. And then it's just, it's just great. Um, yeah, that's why I had this before. Anytime it's it's been on epics a lot lately, so anytime it's on, I'm watching it. And it's Ooh. just like and then it's just it's very reminiscent of the raid, which I don't have in my top, but it's an honorable mention because the raid is essentially um um it essentially that is uh, a SWAT team goes in to take out this top mob boss and they find out so they lock down. And then the the action sequences in the raid are just absolutely balls to the wall insane. Like it's very hardcore. Like, like the the the, the main guy in it, I, I forgot his name. I'm gonna pronounce like I can't pronounce his name. Uh, I think it's Ikawa. Um, yeah, I think it's Ikawa Uwalis. Um, he's a uh, he's a good uh, he's a great action guy. I mean, he was the one of the reasons I was excited for the Mile Twenty Two, which starred Mark Wahlberg and is directed by Peter Berg. Um, I'm not gonna get into that because it was very underwhelming. Um, but the action sequences in that were great. And he, and then I think that uh, Joe Talisman's also in this one as well. He's, um, I think he's Scorpion. You know, I think he's uh, Ice, the Ice guy in uh, uh, Sub Zero in uh, Mortal Kombat. But no, okay. Dread's great. Yeah, Dread. That's why I had that as my number four. Is just the action, the casting was great. I mean, it's just it, it's it, we need more. And that's the problem. Nobody like, and then they, they keep rumor that he's going to be doing more. That's been in the work for years. <laughs> hmm. I'm embarrassed to say that I haven't seen it now. Oh man, it's really underrated. To be honest with you, yeah, I mean, awesome. like Charlie said, critics loved it. But here's the thing: the PR for the movie got re- that's why it didn't make that much money at the box office because the PR department really screwed the pooch on that one. Hmm. Yeah, to the point um, where nobody was really interested in even seeing it. Matter of fact, I remember for it to be a comic book based film, I think Image Comics. I've got who actually puts out Dread. But for it to be a comic book based movie, it didn't do that great at the box office. And I remember going to the theater, and it was just me and I, an acquaintance of mine that went, and there was hardly anybody in our theater. Yeah, I'm like, this makes me sad. I didn't see it. I wanted to see it in theaters, but I was at college at the time, so I rented it. Um, no, Sean, you got to. I, I think it's if we're, if we're still like linked on my video account, I I think I have it digitally. Um, I, I redeemed it. It's only on available on Voodoo for me. Um, but no, there's like so essentially that the that the, the like the description of it, the America, the America of the post-apocalyptic future is an er, erratic, um, er, irradiated wasteland, a vast ultraviolet world where criminals control the mean streets. Ultimate law enforcers like Dread and his new partner Anderson are judges. The only the only force battling for that for justice, dispatched by the central authority, the judges target his mama. Um, a ruthless boss bent on expanding a criminal empire for sales of slow-mo, a dangerous reality-altering drug. When, with Dredd calling the shots, the two judges declare full-scale war on crime in this unrelenting and brutal three-dimensional thrill ride. Hmm. It was awesome. I, like I said, if you can, if we're still linked on my voodoo, Sean, yep, um, definitely watch it. It is just, the action is just awesome. And just, Carl Urban is perfect for Dredd. I mean, it's just... It just fits him, and it's like, and then the gu- the, the the action sequence is like you're so, right off the beginning. You see dread in action, like I mean, it's and um so much better than the Stallone one. Hmm. Yeah, 
You don't have but, Rob Schneider doing a bunch of one-liner jokes and stuff like that compared to the making 90s copies, <laughs> <laughs> making copies in the copy room, or please dispose all the night. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like, like definitely watch it, Sean. It's the action is just ab. It's it's great. It's a great hmm. movie. That's why it's my number four. Definitely check it out. Okay, so what do you have, Charlie? Oh, my number seven. Okay. Um, my number seven, I have the Ryan Reynolds, uh, Denzel Washington action thriller, Safe House. Okay. It was great. Like, I, I, once I, well, I think we saw that when the trailers came out for it, I was hyped for it. And then uh, it was, I, mean, I think when, we, when we, we saw Contraband, Sean, during the, uh, the police sneak of that, that's when we got the trailer for it. Man, this movie was awesome. It's like, again, I'm a huge, this was Denzel, this being, being a badass, like, um, um, he's a, he was a badass in this movie. Ryan Reynolds was great in it because this was before he became Deadpool. Like this is pre-Deadpool. Um, it's and you don't see Ryan Reynolds do many dramatic roles like this, but he's great in it. The action's great. Has some cool twists in it. But then again, you, you, I go to see Denzel play Tobin Frost. Um, has anybody seen this movie? Yeah, I have. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I don't need to describe it, but yeah, it's great. I mean, the action sequences are just awesome. And Denzel's just a badass in this movie. Oh, yeah. yeah, for sure. Especially whenever they tried to do inter- the interrogation scene where they're oh, trying yeah. to murder him. Waterboarding. Yeah, trying to waterboard him. Yeah, yeah. and then, and then th- th- I mean, it's intense. The whole movie's intense. Like, yeah. the, the whole them breaking into the safe house sequence is intense. And then the car, ch- the car chases are awesome in this. They're filmed, like, not shaky cam or cuts, like random cuts. There, these were pretty shot pretty well, and I was like, and it was like, it was this like, and I remember seeing it. And this was a fun movie to clean because the soundtrack was pretty cool in it. Yeah, yeah, it was a good movie. I really liked it. Yeah, good. so that, that's my uh, number seven. Yeah, it's good. It's a good movie. If anybody hasn't seen it, you're Ryan Reynolds or Denzel fan. They they had kind of good. They had really good chemistry. Um, yeah. Didn't really care about the, the the government agents, but I did like the line that Denzel tells him. If the FBI, FBI tells you you've done a good job, we'll take it from here. You're fucked. So, and that's essentially what it pretty much it is. And this is Ryan Reynolds. Like, I'll take it from here. So it's just like, and then the ending was cool. Like, I was hoping they can expand more on it, but yeah, guess not. But no, like I guess I thought it was a great movie. That's why it's my number seven. Okay. Really good. Um, I have for my number seven, Wreck It Ralph. Um. <laughs> Grew up as a video. Oh, I am a gamer, so having Wreck It Ralph come out was just like I felt like it was a love letter to anyone that's played old school video games, new school video games. Um, fun movie, fun soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, you can if you have kids, you can watch it with your kids, and it's just and all around just just great fun. Um, no high stakes, just a, a good no. animated movie. Like it's better than the sequel. Way. I never saw the sequel. Um, you don't really need to. I don't need I mean, to. Okay, if, good. I mean, if you want to, if like if it's on Disney Plus, and I, like I said, this one I watched Wreck It Ralph before I watched the sequel, so you don't need to rip on me for this. <laughs> one, right? Um, again, um, like I saw the I saw this one. It's not on any of my list. It's entertaining. Um, the sequel, I don't think there was really need for it. I mean, it, they're just trying to make it current because of the whole modern day of the internet and everybody jumping in. I think it's got Gal Gadot in the the sequel. Um, and has all the Disney princesses too. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was a really it, cool idea. Just like when the when the video games turn off, they all just have their yeah. own little virtual world yeah. to live in. Yeah, 
Um, I, I enjoyed it. Um, this, I just didn't fit any of my list, but I definitely watched this one before the sequel. <laughs> sequel I didn't think was necessary. <laughs> oh, you're muted, John. You're muted, John. There we go. Yeah. Okay. Still trying to get used to the mic. Okay. So, <laughs> but yeah, anyways, um, like I was saying when I was muted, um, I actually <laughs> saw this movie um, not when it was released in theaters or anything like that. I saw it on DVD and I wound up loving it. I loved the whole entire aspect of trying to teach kids something and there was a meaning behind it. I thought the whole entire thing between Penelope and Rick and Ralph was really good. Um, I, I laughed my ass off through the movie. I thought it was really cute. The second movie had some good aspects to it, but not as rememberable as what you would actually get from the very first Wreck-It Ralph movie. It, but, just, it, it was just a lot of cool concepts. It just wasn't executed properly. Like, like right. the whole, exploring the internet, I think that was cool, but I just don't think they really, they, 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 it just didn't really work out. See, I like the eBay scene from the second one. That was actually funny. And they're them trying to learn what spam is. And then, of course, Wreck-It uh, Ralph is over there looking. And, and, of course, he's on YouTube. So he's trying to say, he's like, I wonder what the comments section is. And everyone's like, don't look at the comments section. <laughs> but that's one of the things that I really liked about the second one. Now, the first one, I loved the whole arcade game thing because I grew up in the arcade area back in the 90s and early 2000s and stuff like that. So I gravitated towards that. And I remember just going to an arcade and just having a good time. And that's what I felt like when I was watching Wreck-It Ralph. I just felt like I was just going in there, putting a token into the arcade machine, and just having a two-and-a-half-hour movie of me watching Wreck-It Ralph or playing Wreck-It Ralph. So that's what I got out of the very first one. So I definitely had a good time with it. It just didn't make my list, but it's definitely a good movie. So let's see here. On my next one, I have Skyfall for my number seven. And Skyfall for me is one of the best James Bond movies aside from Casino Royale. Um, but still, this movie is really good. I love the action scenes with it. I also ha- feel like this one has like a little bit of a Hannibal Lecter kind of feel to it, especially when you're dealing with the villain in a sense, because if he has that kind of uh, villainous kind of scheme like Hannibal Lecter minus mm-hmm. eating brains and everything, but he has that very menacing kind of feel to him to where you actually feel like he's very haunted by Daniel Craig's really, really haunted by this guy to the point where he's go, matter of fact, Daniel Craig is probably really dark in this film compared to Casino Royale because we're just first discovering this version of James Bond. And this one, his character is a lot more developed and a lot more fleshed out, Yes, but I feel like this is probably a little bit more darker than where what we used to with our James Bond, but it was fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Go ahead, Sean. So, like, two things that that I really liked about this movie. One, I felt like Bond, in a lot of these movies, he seems, like, indestructible or that he's, like, perfect. And this, he does mess up a lot. Like, when he has to save the girl, the Bond girl, he tries to shoot, like, that apple off her head or something off her head. And he Mm -hmm. misses. And he's the bad guy's just like, well, and then just shoots her. So he (laughs) fails. Then I think the uh, Javier Bardem is the main villain right yes right his his monologue when you meet him i think hands down is one of the best villain monologues like ever like him talking about the rats and just like his yes. facial his facial expressions and how he uses his hands is just really good like yeah 
me alone, that scene like sells the movie to being one of the. It's it is my favorite James Bond movie. It's but. yeah, it's my this is my Skyfall so is my number three. Um, I saw this in college. Um, um, like I went with Joe to go see this, and it's funny because my my history professor at the time was in the same theater as we were. And then we went to go see this. And then, like, so that's how I was able to bond with him over the new James Bond. It was great. Like, the, to compare it, because we had Casino Royale, then we had the god-awful piece of shit of Kwame Solace. To go from Kwame Solace to Skyfall, better directors, uh, Sam Mendes, perfect to direct this movie. Um, this movie's awesome. The action sequences, like, the opening sequence is intense. Yeah. And then... And then um, my dad didn't really care for the opening theme. I liked it. I thought it was great. And yep. then won an Oscar from uh, Adele Skyfall. Yep. The action sequence was great. Javier Bardem was fantastic as, as the villain Silva. Like, I mean, he was great in this. Like, the, the and then the sequence where he's like, oh, going over, uh, we're going to go over your test scores. Um, or, or like, or before then, the interrogation sequence where he's doing the test. It's like, um, M. And then James Bond's like, bitch. Like, just like, just straight, like, out, like how he hated M. And then Javier Bardem's like, okay, um, like him going over his test scores. And I was like, you did this, you failed. Like, so, 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 so like, mommy, like, I'm like, you came here unprepared, untrained, um, like, knowing that you're about to die. Mommy was very bad. Just like, the, and he, like, in this, like, and then the random, like, him, like, touching his legs, like, kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, was, yeah. I thought that was funny. And then, that whole sequence where, like, like that, that he sequence. About, he was about to get down and dirty with Bond. I know. I was like, I was like hell yeah, let's do it. Yeah, and then <laughs> the sequence where she used out there, and then I think Bond missed. It's like, oh, too bad, I win. Like, and then it was like, and then Bond's reaction, that was a bloody waste of scotch. I kind of had a feeling Bond knew that was going to happen, hence why he had the tiny radio um, on him, like, the whole time and that, and, like, it's like, oh, the latest by Q-Bert, um, or Q-Bot, or whatever, and then and then the action sequence where he's chasing uh, Javi after Silva escapes the train station while he's going to go to the uh, go to that um, the hearing that M's going to that 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 whole the train sequence awesome like it was just a great movie and then like and then we got uh, we went from crap to spectacular and not not many movies can say you did that because. I had a low, like, like, I was really expecting a lot from this movie because it just looked great. It looked entertaining. And it was two hours. For me, a Bond movie's got to be two hours, not an hour and a half that Carlos was, which just wasn't really a movie. It was just a farce. Um, like, I, I, we just we discussed that in our worst movies of 2008, John, and Quantum was one of them. Yeah, the, to get from Quantum to this and just how great just the performances were great. Ralph Fiennes was great as the new, uh, the new um, M, which was mm-hmm. cool. And then, and, and, and it set up and I, I thought, and then the, the sequel I thought was pretty decent too. But this, speaking of Bond, we got the new one in October. I'm pumped. Me too. I'm I, for that, one. that movie's going to be epic. And I think, like, like I said, I mean, this, I'm already sold on it, but Skyfall is, if you, if anybody hasn't seen Skyfall, Stop whatever you're doing and watch it. It's a great Bond movie, and it's just it's just a great movie too. And it's just, it's action packed. It's got funny lines. The gadgets were cool. I, I like the gun that when he, the grip palm that re, it's a palm reader. So only oh, yeah. Bond can shoot it. I thought that was awesome, and I liked Q. 
I'm like, what? You didn't think we're going to have exploding cars or exploding pens? Like him taking shots at the previous Bond movies. I thought that was pretty <laughs> funny too. Yeah, we don't do that here. <laughs> that's why it's my number three. It's just a great movie. Like I said, that's one of the ones I was trying to figure out. Should that be number one? Should something be higher? But no, it's it's a solid three in my top ten. It's great. Okay. All right. Um, I think my next one, yeah, my number six, I had the, uh, the Jonah Hill, Channing Tatum comedy, 21 Jump Street, as my number six. That's really this movie's cool. funny. Like, like I said, I mean, there was a lot of sca- people were scared from this transition from the TV show, which wasn't a comedy at all. It's it's a drama starring jo- Johnny, the uh, a very young Johnny Depp. To translate that to a comedy, there was a lot of like the skepticism for this. But when you go see this movie, it's hysterical. Like, like I said, this the this the chemistry between Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill was just there. It was just you could see it. I don't like Channing Tatum. This made me I, like Channing Tatum. I did. I liked him because <laughs> he's an idiot. Yeah. And it's just, and this is the whole like you have a very young Dave Franco. This is the first time I saw him in this. Um, I didn't recognize him until now on Superbad. Um, young Brie Larson was in this movie. You had Rob Riggle in this movie, and then um, um, Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp and yeah. the other guy from this, uh, from this show. Ice Cube. He's probably one Ice of the best Cube. people. Yeah, yeah, Ice Cube, the captain. Rain Jesus. And it's Dakota, <laughs> um, I think Dakota Johnson was in this movie too. She was one of the uh, the cops. This movie was great. I mean, this the the, the comedy was hilarious. Like this, the the fight sequence in the uh, at the house. What Scott? What what? And he's like, and then he's like, when did I get stabbed? That's awesome. <laughs> and it's, this movie just had like there's so many funny lines. And then, however, I just like, like, this is a great movie. The sequel is so much funnier because you, you, we already got the, that. And then this, like this, the sequel is playing off itself. And then get ice cube is great. And it's just the no, no, the no bullshit captain, like mm-hmm. infiltrate the yep. dealer, find the supplier. <laughs> and like this, like this straight up. And it's like, yeah, we put this flow chart together. You boy, are you boys throwing a party? No. Was like you said, no alcohol, and then um, and then the principal Jake Johnson, he was funny in this too. I mean, this movie is just hilarious. And then seeing Rob Riggle get shot in the dick, I put it back together. And he's like, "Please, could you put it back?" And then he's, and he's like, "Ah!" He's like, "I'm gonna pick it up on my mouth." <laughs> and he's like, and then, and then, yeah, and Dave Franco is like, "I was supposed to go to Berkeley." Like I mean, like, and like, and then like them on them high on the drug. It was just funny. This movie's just funny. And, and then also too, the Peter Pan skit though was actually. Oh funny yeah, too. I guess, like, you want to know like as like how you guys look like a forty year old. That's how I know you like from that that shit you pulled out the, on the uh, on the uh, the play. Like that's how you know you boys you boys ain't cops. Here I got I sold these guns from my dad's office. Once you shoot them and they just shoot them non like just like that. It's like you ready to be badass motherfuckers. It's like man, I thought this one had like a lot more explosions. And then the running gag is stuff you think would explode doesn't explode oh, yeah. until the end. Like you figured a box of chickens were gonna explode and it doesn't. And then and then something finally explodes at the end. Like I mean, this movie's funny. Like it, like I said, I highly rec- another one of the highly recommended. But this one's great. Sequel's just as funny, if not better. Like I like the sequel a lot better than this one, but that's not to say this movie's not bad. This movie's great. It's hysterical. Like I, it's it's so funny. It made me like Channing Tatum. And then I just remember the promo they did for the sequel 
Um, this is when Jean-Claude Van Damme was doing the epic of epic splits of him doing the video of the two moving trucks and Van Damme can do the splits. So Channing Tatum felt like doing it on set. So he, he wore the, he had the John, uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme long hair. And then he was on two moving on these two, like, like catering carts. And then all of a sudden they start moving the carts away from each other. And the next week now, the next cut, you see Tanny Tatum holding his nuts like, oh my God, I just, pulled my, I just tore my groin. Because he's <laughs> trying to do the epic of epic splits. And they're playing the same music they did when Jean-Claude Van Damme did it. Like, I mean, like the promo, the, the, the funny advertisements they were doing for this. And then, but yeah, 21 Jump Street, my number six. It's, it's hilarious. Yeah, it's really good. Um, I have number six, the Avengers. That's my number two. <laughs> uh, I don't That's know actually if, my you're, number one. <laughs> if you're a Marvel fan, I don't know how you do not like this movie. Um, it's kind of like your first big team up and yeah, everything. They've been, they've been building up since 2008, so it's, it was about four years in the making. Started yeah. Iron Man, yeah, yeah. it's just a fucking great movie. It all is. come together um, and great dialogue be, between the cast. It's yeah, it's great. Um, the one liners like, like, I'm like a him calling him point break because he looked right. like, uh, like point break. You got a nice mean swing there, and then how that plays into later on in Ragnarok about how Thor's like, let's get into the Quinjet point break, okay. and, that's, and that's what it is. I mean, it's just the action sequences, like the whole New York sequence, then taking on the Chitari, awesome, right? Like, awesome. I, another thing, though, too. I mean, I love the comedic timing. I love the does thou mother know that you wear uh, yeah, drapes? I love that. Um, I also like how Loki is telling Tony his greatest plan, and then Tony uh, winds up tell. And then after that, he runs up responding, "Well, we got to help." And then, yes. boom, boom. <laughs> oh, God. Like the Hulk sequence, like the Hulk was the highlight of this movie. The Hulk was awesome in this. Like, and then, um, the and then yeah. to be honest with you, this is probably the whenever I first saw the special effects for the Hulk, I was like, yes, this is the Hulk that we've been trying to get. This is the special effects that we've been trying to get to. It just yes. took the right studio to get yes. to the look of the Hulk and get him to yeah. look right. Like, I remember, Sean, we did an employee, a very early employee sneak because my brother was in college when this came out, and he was about to see it before I do. And then, then I get it, like, then you, you message me, you know, it, uh, we're doing an employee sneak. So we did it the day before the movie came out. That was awesome. Yeah. Like, yeah. like perks of working at a movie theater. I know. <laughs> Let's um, see. I was. I actually saw the midnight showing to the of this movie. As a matter of fact, my one of my friends called off of work at midnight. And we ended up going to see this movie. And then, of course, I had my friend Kevin holding the seat for us because at that time, there was no, yeah, there was no reserved seatings at that time. So you actually had to get a friend that luckily he lived closer to the town that had the theater. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I don't care where I said, look, we live about 45 minutes away. Your job is to hold that seat. And on a way, I was like, do Mission Impossible. I don't care what you do, you need to hold that seat. And we actually did, he actually held both seats. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, so, this was, yeah. This was such a great movie. Like, action was great. The chemistry was great. It was the first big team up we've had that they've been building up to this. And then we got a first look at Thanos. Like, we at the post credit sequence, Thanos. Like, nice. this is like, okay, they're building something. 
Um, this is when Josh Lean was actually happy doing stuff. <laughs> and then he did the sequel, and the sequel was still entertaining. But it's like, come on, Josh Whedon, man. It was the same concept as the first one, where they had yeah. to destroy something in order to save the world, rather yeah. than build something different. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, this one was great. Action sequences yeah. are great. The Loki sequence with him getting smashed by the Hulk was great. Um, not to confuse anybody, there's two movies called The Avengers. You got this one, which is Marvel's The Avengers, and you got the piece of shit that came out in 1998, The Avengers, based off the British TV series of the same right. name. I just watched that yesterday. It is awful. <laughs> it um, is. It really is, man. It is. I mean, and it's like I yeah, I mean, like like I said, my dad was like I remember like I think it was like when I was a kid, my dad was excited to watch because he watched the TV series. And then, then we rented it from the library. And then he was watching it. And I think he either stopped halfway through it or I fell asleep. So I don't remember. I was I was young. So I saw like I didn't even know what the heck was happening. I just watched it yesterday. I'm like what the hell is this piece of garbage? And this was 1998, where he had two really bad adaptations. Sean Connery. Yeah, yeah, Sean Connery's in it. Yeah, he's terrible in it. Like he, <laughs> he, he, like he's beating up teddy bears. Like what the hell? Like and then so he had this one, and then he had Batman and Robin came out in 1998. Both of them starred Uma Thurman. Not her nope. fault. It's the script. Yeah, the one. Yeah, the one on Marvel is the one we're talking about. Marvel's The Avengers, not. The Avengers, which is right. based on the British TV series. So there's a lot of confusion because they both have the right. same last name. And get um, this. I remember I didn't feel like putting in my DVD, right? So I didn't even look at the info on DirecTV at the time. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go on ahead and watch The Avengers. It has been a while since I saw The Avengers. I want to watch The Avengers. It turned out it was the 1998 one. I'm like, nope, I already had it on VHS. What, and I is taped over it. Yeah. <laughs> what is this? No, um, no, this was too, like, yeah, like I said, everything was great about this movie. Like, Casting Loki right. getting beat up. I mean, Loki was a great villain for this, and then them fighting the, the whole sequence of them fighting the Shatari. That sequence was awesome. The action sequences and that, and then then you then you have like um like hey guys, I'm bringing the party to you. I don't want to call that a party. Like I mean, Scarlett Johansson was great in this. Is Black oh, Widow like oh let me great. Let me just tell you this. The opening for Black Widow for the introduction of her character was just awesome when she's tied up to the chair yeah. and then she's being yeah. interrogated and Fury's on the phone and she goes, hold on one second. You see, that's why it's been a while. I haven't seen the movie in a yeah. while. So yeah. <laughs> anyways, I like how she just flips her chair backwards and then yeah. she starts kicking his ass and then Coulson's just uh, listening on the phone and everything. And yeah, yeah, it and was she was in the dress too. Because I remember I was sitting next to uh, Jake, uh, Jake Taylor, and Tim, and we were watching this. And then Tim, I just heard Tim yell, "Jake, put down your powder." <laughs> 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 I heard them say that next to like while we were watching the sequence. Your powder. Yeah, hydro, like I'm put down your powder. <laughs> so I was, I was listening to them, like hearing Tim say that while we're watching this movie. This is like, this is a, one of those great employee sneaks we got when we saw this. But it's just, they were all just, great. <laughs> yeah, uh, but this is just a great movie. It's that's why I had it as my number two. But um, one also is one of the trailers we had it was for the the third trailer for the Amazing Spider Man, and I was like, oh, okay, I might see this movie now because the trailer actually had me hype. Great soundtrack. Yeah, and then I got to the movie. Yeah, no, and I'll talk about that when we get to our worst movies of 2010. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I think John, he's. Would you just want to go into your next one, Charlie? Um, I can. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, the Avengers was number, my number two. And, uh, my fifth movie I had on my list was the Mark Wahlberg comedy, Ted, 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 Ted. This movie's funny. Like I said, it's just like, once I heard about this movie, I was like, Oh, okay, John. Sorry, we can go on to the next one now. Okay, I was about to go into my number five. It's okay, man. Uh, thank you for holding the reins for a minute. Um, yep. so, anyways, um, but, uh, I don't know if you heard John, but I was telling Sean like while, while we were seeing that the employee sneak off sitting next to my buddy Tim and uh, my and my other good friend Jake, and we were watching the sequence where Black Widow first showed up, and um, and I was telling Sean the uh, what Tim told Jake is that Jake put down your boner. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was still shell shocked. I'm really like, I was like just drooling, and then our film messed up, so therefore they had to play that same scene again. Oh, nice. So, so I'm like, I mean, this movie okay. looks so good. Like I said, if you have a 4K player, I gotta watch this again in 4K. It looks so good in there. Like the picture mm-hmm. quality is so good. But okay. Avengers, that was my number two. Um, that was my number one. So I'm gonna go with my number six, which is one of my favorite movies. It also got dissed a lot. Whenever you look at the PR department, the difference screwed the pooch on this yet again, another underrated movie. And it is John Carter. Uh, uh, I really like that too. And Taylor Kitsch is in this movie. Taylor Kitsch is a great actor. As a matter of fact, I mentioned him the other night of actors that uh, was on the list of people that was going to make it, but never actually made it to that full potential. And Taylor Kitsch is a great actor, but he was always underutilized for some of the stuff that he's been in. And, you it's know, great I, in this movie. American Assassin. Yeah, yeah. Awesome Um, villain in this movie. But, you know, what I liked about this one, John Carter, I get the fact that Star Wars and everything else, maybe people might have been fatigued over Star Wars during that time, because don't forget, we also had the prequels and everything else, so I'm not sure if maybe they were kind of fatigued over the Star Wars stuff, and they said, okay, we saw too much of this stuff out in outer space and everything, we're not interested, but it's also based off of a graphic novel with John Wick, uh, not John Wick, John Carter. Uh, but I've, <laughs> that would have been a cool movie to see that. <laughs> John Wick in space. <laughs> but, you know, I definitely have to say, um, John Carter is a great original film, not an original film, but a great movie that's based off of a graphic novel. The special effects was really good. John Wick. I'm not John. Why do I keep on saying John Wick? <laughs> um, John Mr. Carter. <laughs> John Wick's a better <laughs> movie. <laughs> Somewhere out there, uh, Keanu Reeves is talking about me. That's all I gotta say. But, um, but yeah, John Carter is hands down one of the best movies when you actually look at graphic novels from screen to adaptation, aside from um, the Zack Snyder movie, The Watchmen. Watchmen. Yeah. Yeah, Scott Pilgrim, but another good one. But yeah, I have to say, um, I had a lot of fun with John Carter. John Carter's a fantastic film. If you haven't seen John Carter, make sure you check that one out. Yeah, it's an awesome sci-fi adventure movie. Like if that's your shtick, like you love sci-fi movies, you love adventure action movies, it, it has it. Yeah, I, I really liked that movie when it came out, and I was surprised that everyone shitted on it. Like I thought it was pretty good. I think the PR department had a lot to do with it. It's too. Disney again. It, the, the whole circle goes all the way back to Disney. Di- yeah, it's Disney's fault on this one because they lost. They lost two hundred million dollars on this one, and they and then it's the other one. Was, it was a good movie. I don't know why people didn't I, like it. I, I thought it was cool. Um, yeah. Not on any of my list though, but I thought it was cool. Um, but now, like, and then Disney screwed the pooch when it came to the Lone Ranger. 
God, that was yeah, terrible. That, was, that yeah. was. And I remember actually singing it at somebody else's house. And I watched I just, it in theaters. I, I guess this, I didn't see it in theaters, but I got I watched it on DVD, and I was miserable watching it then. And then I was miserable watching it at that person's house, and I'm like, <laughs> and they're laughing at the scenes. I'm like, can I? Like my, my dad loved this TV show, so he liked the movie. Um, I didn't. I didn't care for the movie. Um, this is another. I like the TV show. <laughs> um, this is another two hundred million dollar bomb by Disney. <laughs> they never learn. Um, okay, so. My number five is practically the only movie left that hasn't been said on everybody else's list um, <laughs> yet. My number five was the Seth MacFarlane, um, Mark Wahlberg comedy, Ted. This movie was hilarious. I, 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 I had a great time watching this. This is a movie that doesn't get old. I've been watching it lately. It's on HBO. It, um, this movie was funny. Like this, like this, hearing the concept of it, a guy, a, an adult person hanging out with his teddy bear and then the scene, the reaction to it, like the red, like, I think a lot of people's red reaction to it, they say, this movie's hilarious. And I was like, wait, what? This movie's actually gotten good reviews. And yeah, critics loved it. It made $50 million opening weekend. Very rarely, like I think at the time, not many, not many hard R rated movies get $50 million. And this one, this one made ton of money. This movie's hysterical. Like this, like this, the banner between Mark Wahlberg and, that the fight scene in the bedroom at the hotel room where Mark where the teddy bears being the shit out of Mark Wahlberg. Like this, this movie is just hysterical. And then this movie also had another pet peeve of another person. Like, um, so I, I remember working at apex when we had this movie and I'm like seeing all the kids like, Oh, it's like, Oh, dad, I got like, can we go see this movie? And in my head, I'm like, okay. Do you not see the beer bottles? With the like, isn't there a bong in like the poster? Yeah, <laughs> yeah the the poster is all white. Like you can see it, and there's an R rating on the freaking poster. So when my brother and I went, like we went on a Sunday to go see Ted, um, a family walks in on the opening sequence, and I'm like, and these are very little kids, like maybe two, maybe three, and they're Jeez. watching Ted. And it's the opening sequence where it's like, hey, let's go beat up the Jewish kid or whatever. It's like, beat up the Jewish kid on the holiday or whatever. It's just that random sequence of that. And then and then the scene, I've seen cast members from Family Guy in this movie. Like you have Meg herself, Mila Kunis was in this one, played the love interest. And then the movie still had cutaways. So this, it just felt like that. But this movie's hysterical. Like this, the Giovanni Ribsy character is the creepy guy. Him doing the creepy dance. Like I watch. I think it was, like, yeah, um, I forgot the. I think I think the songs. I think we're alone now. I think that's the song. Him doing the erotic dance. That and he's done that dance in all the other movies he's in. He did that in Million Ways to Die in the West. He did it in Ted Two. I mean, this like I guess I like this one so much better than Ted Two. Even though there's moments of Ted Two I like, but. Ryan Reynolds appearing in this movie was funny. Um, seeing uh, like Ted, like not like like him dressed up with like with a suit and tie. And he goes, "Man, I look like Snuggles the accountant." Like him going into the uh, the department store, like to get like the grocery store job. He's like, "Um, um," he's like, "So what do you qual like 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 um, what makes you qualified?" Well, I had sex with your wife last night. You have guts. No one's ever talked to me. He's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure you, because because uh, I was pretty much stuffed with your wife's box or whatever. Just him, like, bashing the wife, like, taking shots. I, you have guts here. You're hired. Fuck. It's like, you want to, to get out of the job so much. And then just the, this, like, this, the whole, and then, hey, then hanging out with, uh, 
with uh, Flash Gordon. It's like, hey, you need to do some cocaine. Um, and then like it's just, and then the movie had heart in it too because you like like the uh, like the ending. You, you felt you felt you felt bad yeah. because it's like Ted, it's gone. Spoiler alert! But and then and then how they got them brought together is just it was just great. It was just a funny movie. It's just, like, you can watch it and it never gets all of this. And then Patrick Warburn as his buddy, he's like, yo, um, I got totally shit faced last night. I, I woke up, I went to the bar and texted this guy um to come to come over to my house and punch me in the face. He says, Okay. And then then the next thing I know, I wake up with a black eye and and I text him back, thanks. Like it's <laughs> all crappy. And then and then it's just it just this movie's just funny. It's, and then, uh, of course, the um, the cutaway of them cleaning the poop of the prostitute taking a shit in the uh, the apartment. <laughs> um, and and he's like, and the cutaway is like, and Mark Wahlberg scared. I was like, oh my god, don't touch it. We're gonna have to burn the hand now. <laughs> this is how scared it was. And then um, and then and then and then of course his ringtone for her was Darth Vader. Oh yeah, it was in, and then he mentions, oh yeah, it's a theme song from the Notebook. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But, this movie's great. Like it's basically number five. It's just so funny. It's just one well, of those movies you just get to watch. It's very raunchy, but then again, if you haven't funny. seen Family Guy, then then yeah. But it's just a teddy bear smoking smoking pot, drinking beers, and then just cussing. Yeah, I mean, it's just funny. It's one of my number five. Okay. Yeah, I really like this movie too. And I like I'm one of those people that so like when Family Guy first came out, I really liked it when it came out on Fox and then when it got canceled, um, I never went back to it. And then everyone like, cause no one really watched it, I guess. Like when it first came out, I, I didn't like, I didn't even know what it was exist until I rented the DVDs from the library or whatever. Yeah, like, so I watched it. And and I was then, like, Man, this stuff is so funny. And then it left Fox. And then when it came back, everyone was saying how cool it was and how funny it was. And I was like, Psh, I ain't going to watch it anymore. Cause I liked it. I mean, I liked it. Like, I mean, I, thought- I really liked this movie. I, I didn't think I liked Seth Barlin as much, but um, I thought he was really I mean, funny. I thought like the opening sequence of the film, the family guy episode that got brought back. Peter's like, I got some bad news guys. We've been canceled. And Lois is like, Oh no. Like, yeah. Um. So what did the network replace us with? Um, Greg the Bonnie. So Peter's naming off every right. show. They got canceled. <laughs> and they, all of them got canceled. Yeah. And you guys, well, well, is there any hope? Well, if all these shows go like if all these shows go down the toilet, then we have a chance, and that's exactly what happened to every single show he mentioned. Got canceled, and that's how they got brought back. But back back in back back in my day, um, like Fox used to have like uh, like was it? I don't know. It was like Animation Sunday or whatever. Yeah, so Animation Domination. Yeah. Yeah. So seven o'clock, Futurama. Seven thirty was King of the Hill. Eight o'clock was The Simpsons. And eight thirty was Family Guy. Nice. So from seven to nine, I was watching cartoon or adult cartoons, I guess. But you know, yeah. the thing that I really liked was whenever they're sitting down on the couch and they're talking about girls with Boston accents. It's like, have you ever had sex with a girl with a Boston accent? It's like, oh, oh yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> and uh, then also too, I like the Liam Neeson scene where that was the sequel. Oh yeah, that's the sequel. Okay, yeah. for some reason yeah. I thought that was in the first. Yeah, we missed that. He, yeah, he showed up in the sequel. It was after he did. Uh, he did Seth MacFarlane. Okay. The guy Tom the Brady in the first one. What? Tom no. Brady in the first one. Second one. Second one. That's oh, when they go. The to, yeah, it was when they tried to go steal his sperm. Yeah. yeah. 
They talk but, about Tom Brady in this one, like they said, like, like, like I said, he's the only guy, like the New York Jets quarterback, to go in and be Flash Gordon. Who could do that? Tom Brady. Tom Brady could do that. Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah, Tom Brady. Like, he showed up in the sequel. So a lot of that stuff, like Lee Neeson, that was the sequel. That was when Amanda Seyfried was in it. Um, um, but another thing, though, too, that I liked though was because now I'm gonna go have sex on the uh, produce. Oh, and everything too. Uh, the pro, uh, that was actually funny. A lot of the stuff that you mentioned, Charlie, was actually really standout and really funny and originally original with all the bits that they've done. And then, yeah, like, I have like, fun with it. I missed was um, when the kids like, "You're not gonna take my teddy bear," and Mark Wahlberg just flat out sucker punch. Somebody should have Joe Crawford that kid. <laughs> 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 or when he calls the cops, quick! Somebody stole my teddy bear. <laughs> <laughs> On up, like, and then this, this him joke, and then the uh, Patrick Patrick Stewart is the voice, the narrator, and the kid lost the like, found a personal trader, lost the weight, and now he's known as Taylor Lautner. <laughs> 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 like, I mean, this, like, I just remember the uh, the kid where he soccer punches the kid in the face, and, and she's like, Oh my god, what someone said, Joan Crawford, that kid. <laughs> <laughs> Is it, is this, is this, is this, this is a funny movie, it's, and it's a, it fit Mark Wahlberg because he's not known for being a comedy guy. Like I didn't think it, it didn't seem to be that comedy until he did the other guys. Right. But he was just funny and Ted. Like it's just it's just nice seeing him in that. He's just he was just having fun with it, and that that's the fun part about this movie. It's just it just everybody seems to have fun with it, and then it's just like, exactly. um, and then it's it's just seeing the creepy pair, this the, the creepy kid. Um, and he's like, "Wow, um, you don't have PlayStation? No, we don't have that. We have we have a horsey." <laughs> you see the kids room is all messed. It's like all like demented. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Okay. Uh, let's see. That was so six. I had Avengers. Five. I had Skyfall. Number four. I have the Place Beyond the Pines. Oh, Gosling. I've seen that. Yes. So <laughs> I, have, I have two. Two of my crushes on guys is i like i like ryan gosling and i like guys with tattoos so in this movie he was like totally decked out in like trashy tattoos but um essentially it's it's kind of a it's almost like two movies so like the first half is ryan gosling finding out this fling he had he's like a daredevil for like a circus um he rides like a motorcycle in like a death circle and the opening scene's really cool because it's all one shot and it just follows him sitting in his like trailer he comes out goes over to the motorcycle the dirt bike and then he gets in the bike and then goes in to the circle with like two other guys and whatever so it's like him and he finds out that this girl that he hooked up with like i don't know like a year back was pregnant and had a kid and then now he's trying to figure out he wants to be in this kid's life but she's kind of already moved on and didn't really expect him to do anything um so he ends up getting a job as like a mechanic but then starts robbing banks so the first half of the movie is him trying to find money and rob banks. And then something happens to him halfway through. And there's a, he in, he's involved with a cop, which is Bradley Cooper's character. So then the next half of the movie is essentially Bradley Cooper dealing with what happened with him and Ryan Gosling and then their kids growing up together. So Ryan Gosling's kid they didn't really have any involvement with is hanging out with Bradley Cooper's kid. I can't remember if they're friends. Um, but yeah, it's really good. It's a, definitely a weird movie, and it's really long. It's like I think two and a half hours almost. I know it's over two hours, but like the especially the first half, I guess just because I like Ryan Gosling, like I went because it's on Peacock now, which you can watch it for free. And I was just like, 
I was just going to watch clips of it. I ended up watching the entire like first half of it with Ryan Gosling just because I like him so much. And uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's really good. It's a good like kind of thriller. It's a slow burner, um, but as good acting, I think the director's kind of weird. Like I know he did like Blue Valentine, which I really liked, but I know that's kind of like a super depressing movie. Um, but I yeah. like. Yeah, I remember I watching it years ago. I liked the first half. Yeah, the first half I think is definitely like the best part of the movie. It definitely kind of peters off after the that. Second half was like, yeah. Um, I think I just because Ryan Gosling's so good in it, like I think he does a really good job acting in this movie. He's a lot better in that than in Notebook. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but but yeah, that's my number yeah. four. Okay, so my number five is actually. Now, it's rare that I watch musicals. It's rare that I watch a musical and liking it and everything else. So, with that being said, Rock of Ages with Tom Cruise yeah, is yeah, probably one of my favorite movies. And uh, the girl from The Watchmen. I forget oh. her name. What, Malin Ackerman? Yeah. Yeah, she's in that. Hold on. She's like the reporter that interviews Tom Cruise. Oh, just glasses, oh, yeah. long curly hair. I didn't see it. Um, I didn't want to see it. Um, it looked kind of dumb. You don't like I'm musicals? Not, I don't like musicals. Um, I think I saw I, Hairspray like five times in theaters. Ugh. <laughs> why? <laughs> I, I saw it with like a bunch of different people every time. It's all good. I mean, like I said, I just musicals weren't for me. Like watching them, I had to force the. I was not forced, but it's like in order to like. I had to, like, they were there were a lot on our curriculum and a lot of the film classes. We had to watch quite a few musicals. I didn't care for them, but the one movie that made me hate musicals, and I think I mentioned it before, it's called uh, Dancer in the Dark. Um, it's Bjork. Um, so if you don't like Bjork, then don't watch it because her voice is so. John's. Oh, nice. <laughs> her voice is so excruciating, like excruciatingly bad. Like you hear it, I'm like, oh my god, shut up. <laughs> Somebody punch like I want to punch her in the face. Like she's so annoying. So anyway, Dancing in the Dark was like an, a musical mixed with LSD while on Salvia. It's like it's it's like a musical on drugs. It's an R-rated one that deals with a lot. And John's still frozen. So he's, like, he's about so we're about to get into our uh, Rock of Ages. Did you ever see Rock of Ages? No, I have not. It's really good. It's a good soundtrack. Yeah, uh, a bunch of like classic rock hits. Um, um, I do have a musical that's not really a straight up musical, but a movie with music in it. That's South in my Park? no, no, and no, it's an honorable mention that came out in 2012. Well, you know, South Park, bigger, longer, uncut. It was that was funny. <laughs> um, Team America had music in it too, and Team America was just a great movie. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, some of the songs on Team America, like um, Pearl Harbor, sucked, but I missed you more. I mean. <laughs> Like that's pretty much the whole song is like talk about like um like uh, Michael Bay missed the mark when he made Pearl Harbor. Um, they said Cuba Gooding Jr. deserved a bigger role in that movie. Ben Affleck sucked and he needed acting lessons after Pearl Harbor. <laughs> so that's the whole like you said. You, and then of course one of the greatest songs from it is uh, America Fuck Yeah. <laughs> I mean that's that's that like that yeah it's Team America World Police is directed it was by the the guys in the South Park against the puppets. Mm-hmm. Um. So, and it's like, like I said, I mean, if you haven't seen Team America, watch it. It's so good. Um, that, that one had music in it. But anyway, um, it came, there was a movie that came out in 2012 with music in it, a lot of singing and stuff. And it's in my honorable mentions. 
Well, do you have anything else on your list? No, I think we pretty much nailed everything else. I had four was Dread, three was Skyfall, two was the Avengers, one was Django. Um, um, um I will I... mention, yeah, I will mention the the movie that's an honorable mention. Um, since John's not here, um, it's Pitch Perfect. Pitch Perfect. Uh, yeah, it's musical. With Anna Kendrick, that was I saw that when I was in college. That was I didn't I didn't think about it much, but that movie was pretty funny. Yeah, that was pretty good. I, mean, I, I enjoyed it. I saw yeah, that's one of my honorable mentions, but I can get to that. Um, I guess we can go on to what you had. Number three, I have Silver Linings Playbook. Um, okay. Jen- Jennifer Lawrence, Bradley Cooper, uh, Chris yeah. Tucker. Um, fucking great yeah. movie. Super oh, funny. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. Right. I had some technical issues, but I'm back. Okay. You're talking about rock. Sorry, we're going. We're just talking about music. Well, I think I broke the internet. it's like i said musicals and all of a sudden my internet decided to go crazy (laughs) so but rock of ages is probably one of my favorite musicals on everything from 2012 i especially the part where charlie saw the uh the clip that i sent him of the clip that i really liked is where tom cruise is being interviewed by one of uh the reporters and Basically, they start singing, I want to know what love is. And then, of course, that's when she breaks into a song and they wind up doing it on the pool table and everything. That scene was very exotic and very, let's just say that song. That, that really had to hide thing. his boner at that one. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was going up to me that I think for me that had the best sequence of I want to know but, what love is was from the Hitman's Bodyguard. The sequence where you see Ryan Reynolds meets the 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 FBI agent the uh Electra when she like when he meets her like at the uh, at this funeral for this guy like and Fine. then this played in the background I thought that was the perfect use of that song because it's so funny but yeah uh they're talking about uh that Whitney Houston song um to no I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about I want to know what love is it's the okay. sequence in the in the funeral while Ryan Reynolds is like on duty there like because one of the clients he had died and that's and you okay. see uh, the um, Electra, the girl mm. that from um, that was in this uh, Hitman's Bodyguard, where okay. she was on a she was on a sting, and 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 then Ryan Reynolds dropped like one of those like one of those hors d'oeuvre, d'oeuvre um, like things, and it hit the guy, and the guy looked down his knee, and he sees the girl like sees her with the gun, and they said it was a really bad operation, and then all shit hits the fan, like they <laughs> start, like they start shooting each other, and then that's when Ryan Reynolds literally bumped into her. And they played the song. I want to know what the love is. Okay, okay, I gotcha. Yeah, it was from. Yeah, um, but that yeah, was, yeah. Here's the thing, though. I I really love the '80s kind of style. I like the I like listening to '80s music and stuff like that. I thought Rock of Ages captures the heart of the '80s era, especially Russell Brand inside the movie. And then, of course, you also have Alec Baldwin, Baldwin doing his thing as well. Um, yeah. So I definitely love this movie for what it is. I haven't seen it since 2012, believe it or not. But I remember playing it all the time and just liking it for what it is. Um, definitely has Journey on there, Don't Stop Believing. Um, I Want to Know What Love Is, of course. Then The whole entire soundtrack is just great. So if you're into soundtracks, if you're into Tom Cruise singing and things like that, I strongly recommend watching rock of ages unlike charlie who doesn't who is soulless so <laughs> oh, <it doesn't> <laughs> oh i don't have a soul just not for that movie i just don't like right. musicals right right that's cool that's yeah cool. it's really good if you like rock like 80s rock check it out yeah 
So, okay. So what do we have next? Um, so I'm done pretty much since everybody said all my stuff earlier. Um, <laughs> um, four, like four, four was dread for me. Three was skyfall. Two was the Avengers. One was Django. So okay. I'm, I'm pretty much done until we okay. do honorable mentions in the next ep- next show. Okay. Uh, so my number three, I had Silver Linings Playbook. Oh, nice. Uh, David O. Russell, director. Uh, Bradley Cooper, Jennifer Lawrence, Chris Tucker, uh, Robert De Niro. Uh, I'm sure I'm missing other people in it, but uh, really Jackie good. We- Jackie Weaver might have been in it. It's about uh, Bradley Cooper's character is trying to get over. He just comes out of the mental institution because um, his wife, he walked in on his wife hooking up with another dude. Um, he's bipolar and he's still in love with her and he's kind of trying to come to terms with he wants to be better for himself so he can get back with her but then he meets Jennifer Lawrence's character and they they work a deal to where they learn how to dance and whatever right. they hit it off and here's uh, the thing uh, oh sorry go ahead yeah. um so yeah so it's really good really good acting uh Jennifer Lawrence won an Oscar for it um and so I, I was telling you guys earlier so there's a thing I do um when I've had too much to drink this was kind of embarrassing, but that's what I do. So I, I'll, I'll have too much to drink. And what I like to do is there's movies I watch certain clips on. And I usually I have them on, on demand. So I'm just like, I'll flip through them. So there's the opening scene in Logan. Like, if, like I'm drunk. I really like to watch that. Like where he's uh, fighting the uh, guys trying to take his uh, limb out. Yeah. So I'll watch that. I'll watch the beginning of Mad Max when um, he hears like the voices in his head. Like, yeah. Max, are you there? Like, hello? Like that. And then where he fights Furiosa for the first time when he's chained to the uh, the other guy. So I'll watch I'll watch those two scenes from Mad Max. And then I will switch over to Silver Linings Playbook and watch the scene where Bradley Cooper chases after Jennifer Lawrence's character in the end and essentially confesses her his love to her as she's reading oh, I know this story. <laughs> so as... So Jennifer Lawrence won an Oscar for Best Actress. And I seriously believe the scene to where she reads Bradley Cooper that letter her facial expressions how she reads the letter I think that's what won her that Oscar if you rewatch that scene the acting in it is fucking phenomenal like it's just so good and I'll get drunk and I'll just watch that scene and then I'll pause it I'll rewind it 30 seconds rewatch it and I'll do it like four or five times to the point like Melissa just looks at me and she's like what is wrong with you (laughs) this is it it's like this is where she won the Oscar was this scene right here But, You're like uh, Charlie Day, the conspiracy theorist. Yeah, exactly. It's like, <laughs> right. this is me. Yeah. Um, I had this movie as an honorable mention. Um, like I can go into that, but I think I would. I like I love Jennifer Lawrence in this movie. She was great. Then again, I was as Tim would like, or as uh, Maria would say, Charlie was just in love with Jennifer Lawrence. So it's like, yeah. I mean, she was great in this movie. Who is and, it? And the other thing right. I love about this movie is a lot of like I said, you can see in my background, I'm Eagles a diehard Philadelphia Eagle fan. And this movie revolved around the Philadelphia Eagles. The, like the, and I knew exactly what year this was during the movie <laughs> because I knew what it is because this is the first year the of our, uh, no of uh, of the description. Robert Neer was like, it was such a bonehead. He dropped the ball at the one-yard line. I knew what that was because that was um, our wide receiver, Deshaun Jackson. That was his rookie year, and we were facing the Dallas Cowboys that day and that night. And he did, he ran and just threw the ball down at the one yard line right before he got, he didn't even get in the end zone. That was the boat. And then Robert Neer called him a bonehead. And then, and then I knew, and then the, the bet was they had to get a certain score and the Eagles had to beat the Cowboys. 
The Eagles beat the Cowboys that day, 44 to six. That was the epic, like Eagles needed everything in their favor to get into the playoffs that year. They needed Tampa Bay to win. They needed mm. Chicago, uh, Oakland to lose. They needed this, this, and this. And then, and then the Eagles game was at 405 that day. And the Eagle, and this was Tony Romo still quarterback for the Dallas who, felons, whatever. Um, um, and the, Dow- the Cowboys got destroyed 44 to six that day. The Eagles crushed them. And that's how I knew what this year is because there all the descriptions in the movie. How you know you're a diehard Eagles fan? Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's why I liked about this movie so much. It was about that too. And then again, the performances were great. I like Bradley Cooper. He's great in this. Mm-hmm. Lawrence again was great. And then and then Chris Tucker was pretty. Oh, it was good in this too. Um, it seems like Bradley Cooper seems to be reviving the careers of um, of of um, like he did it for Chris Tucker. He showed up in a drama with. Uh, Bradley Cooper, and then he got some little bit of like limelight. Did the same thing to Dave Chappelle and A Star Is Born. Dave Chappelle briefly showed up in, the, in A Star Is Born, and he brought Dave Chappelle back. And Dave Chappelle is great. And it's just I seen him back and that. So he showed up. So it's just the irony of Bradley Cooper working with that. And then, and then again, this is when Jennifer Lawrence would start getting her um, her niche with David O. Russell because after she did American this with him, they did American Hustle. Then they did Joy. Which I thought Joy was a decent movie. Was, I saw it with my mom. It was an entertaining movie. I mean, again, it's it, it, it based on the true story, but it's like you you, you hated that family. But that that's that's just their niche. But no, um, I can go in more when you get into like the honorable mentions for why Silver Lines that. But I just remember I'm a diehard Eagle fan, so that's why I just like this movie a lot more because I knew the Eagles. They followed the Eagles, and I knew exactly what year that was. I believe that was 2008. Okay. And I actually like this movie. I saw this movie last year for the first time on Netflix. Hmm. So I ended up enjoying this movie a lot. I definitely love the dramatic aspect of it. Jennifer Lawrence and Bradley Cooper both have that energy level where you actually feel like that they have something for each other and things like that. De Niro calling his own son a moron for doing the things that he was doing and stuff like that, going to his ex-wife's school and and things like that. I thought this film was really good. I enjoyed it. Uh, I think I watched it again recently, and I I still love this movie for what it is. It's just a great film. The chemistry that the, this the two of them, Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence, had a better chemistry than Ryan Gosling and uh, Rachel McAdams in The Notebook. What? Come me at you can find me on Twitter at Cartman the Fat Thirty Six. I can go all day long. <laughs> That's what she said. Uh, so. <laughs> So anyways, um, Perks of Being a Wallflower is my number three. This is my last movie on my list. This That's is my, my number one. That's my last one. This is my favorite coming-of-age film. This is back... Matter of fact, this thing is actually set in the 80s or maybe 90s. So this is why we don't see smartphones. This is why we don't see any type of technology whatsoever. I love the fact that, you know, Charlie is actually learning how to adapt into a new life and in a school after what happens. <laughs> <laughs> and also too i love how you know there's a little bit of light in between nothing and nothing pretty much gives them hope and then you also have the love interest of kristen stewart in this movie too that i really no, 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 emma, no. Watson. Emma, watson. emma watson emma watson i'm well, Kristen Stewart's this movie would suck no, but Emma Watson is probably the standout in this film, though, too, to be honest with you. And this is also what made me feel like that she can do acting outside of Harry Potter. And, you know, she gives Charlie hope. Her and Nothing are both 
are both great characters, to be honest yeah. with you. They're both misfits. They're both trying to fit into a society that doesn't really want them. They're sitting, they're wallflowers. They are nothing. And then also, too, I love Paul Rudd in this movie as the teacher. Yeah. And he questions the teacher of why his sister is falling in love with this douchebag that ha- doesn't even care for her. He goes, it's the love that we accept. And that we think that we deserve. And I love that quote. That quote is one of my favorite things that Paul Rudd says. It's the most real thing. This movie actually feels real, to be honest with you. It's probably the most real and honest film that you can actually get when you look into a coming-of-age film. But yeah, it's one of my favorite films. I actually have the digital copy of it on my... um, on Apple right now, too. So I can actually go back and watch it anytime I want. But yeah, Person Walls Wildflower is one of my favorite ones. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's fitting that uh, that that they're all like trying to blend in because you got a demigod, a witch, and the Flash. Flash. <laughs> I mean, Percy Percy Jackson, a witch, um, Hermione, and the Flash. I mean, <laughs> you know. I didn't know he was the Flash. Yeah, brother. Ezra Miller. Yeah, okay, now that you said it, yeah, I'm looking at it like, oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I just remember him as the. Uh, the, the creepy teenager in uh and uh train wreck where like he's yeah uh, uh, yeah with he he's like Amy Schumer is like really drunk so she's hooking up with him and then he's asking her like like call me daddy like and that and then and then and then she actually has sex like she tries to and then then he she, then she smacks him because she asked him to she starts crying and he's crying mom he's like he's only fourteen <laughs> <laughs> that's how I remember him now like as train wreck unfortunately it's not the flash anymore it's from mm-hmm. that's his scene and train wreck because <laughs> Amy Schumer is so drunk. <laughs> um, yeah, this was not my number one movie. I actually like just saw this within the past year. Um, I remember when it first came out, like all the buzz behind, it, like, oh man, this movie is so good. Um, like it, it was just, I think it got nominated for a bunch of stuff. I don't yeah. know if it won anything. Um, not 100% on that, but um, yeah, and then I guess like a little over a year ago. Again, I was having some late night beverages and I was, I think I just, <laughs> just finished Sweet Home on Netflix and I was waiting for Melissa to get home. She was working like a late shift. So I think it was like maybe like 1230 or something or like around midnight. And I was just like, ah, I'll, I'll, I saw it on. I had like a glass of whiskey and I was just like, ah, I watched like the first 10 minutes of this. I've always wanted to see it. And I watched the entire thing. Like, it's was, that good. Yeah, it was that good. It pulled me in. Like you said, it's like, I, I wasn't really, I was picked on a little bit in high school, but I was kind of just like that person that was, I was there. Like I knew people, but I was never like popular or anything. I was Same. just like this, this kind of out, outsider kid or whatever. And it just like, it was super relatable. Um, I thought how it dealt with depression is like spot on, like to where it's essentially like him just going through memories like super fast and then just repeats and repeats and repeats. Um, I thought it handled that really well. I thought it captured it really well. Um, because well, uh, I mean, I um, I was pretty much high school was no fun for me. I was bullied, and then my senior senior year, like I was just this the kid that pays attention and stuff. And all the kids felt like voting me teacher's pet, and just because of all the kids and they said, "Well, you are," and like and like I said, I mean that just that hurt me because I'm like I'm not trying to be the teacher's pet. I'm taking this stuff seriously, and like you guys are. Right. And and then like I guess bullied all that stuff. So I mean I might have to watch it because it might re- it probably relates to me because yeah. high school was no fun. Like for me, like school in general was, wasn't fun because I was every year I was getting picked Same. on or bullied. 
because I wasn't um, as strong as them or was, wasn't as, uh, like, wasn't like them not popular enough. So it's just, um, yeah. Same here as well for me. I mean, this movie represents me and who I am because I did get picked on a lot. So I can definitely understand where you're coming from, Charlie, on that one, yeah. because they're like, oh. I, I, which is right. why I relate it more to the uh, a walk to remember a lot more than like that one. I relate more to that because that's that it hit close right. to home, um, right? And, yeah. Um, so maybe I'll have to check this out whenever whenever I'm like got some think, of the, like, I got so much to watch though. I think it's on, I think it's on Amazon Prime still. It's either on Amazon Prime or Netflix. I don't know. Right. Still I Prime. think it's on Prime though. I think it's still on Prime. Is it? Okay. Because I know I watched it that night, and then I guess like a few weeks later, Melissa really wanted to watch it, so I rewatched it again, and it was just as good the second time. Right. So. I was at work when I saw this, so <laughs> yeah. That's like um, a pretty cool. T- like Sean Cole watches movies at work. I'm pretty sure like all the time. That's how he's able to see so much yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, basically, I was done with all my stuff I had to do. So yeah. the only thing I had to do was just check on my stuff, making sure that everything was done. But uh, I had a buddy of mine in the x-ray department and everything, and him and I was watching the movie. Oh. And, of course, we were watching it for Emma Watson. But oh. still. <laughs> like, my buddy, like, our buddy Cole, like, he, he watches stuff, like, eight times. I mean, he was able to watch, like, just as, like, eight times in one week. I'm like, you know, like, and like, obviously, because he's, I think mean, he's been watching a lot of stuff at work, and he's, I mean, he watched Khan like eight times already, and it's just, like, he's watching at his house. I don't know. I don't know. He's, I mean, he's, I mean, he's watching so much stuff, like the same thing over again. And I'm like, I can't do that. I got to watch something new. Right. So, is there anything else that you guys want to talk, uh, catch up on, or anything like that, as far as the best movies, yeah. or is that everything that that's on? That's all I had in my. Okay. That's all I had in my top ten. I have a lot more. For honorable mentions that okay. I can get into when we get into the next show, but man, we okay. can pretty much talk about everything that I have on my list pretty early. <laughs> yeah, we kind of pretty much opened up all your own presents, so sorry about that. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, guys, um, I just want to say thank you again for coming on the show and everything. Of course, you guys are great every single time when we do this. Um, I do have. A sh- the Falcon and the Winter Soldier after show coming up on 8 o'clock tomorrow night Central Time, 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Pacific Time. Go ahead. Yeah. This is, yes. Like, we got two episodes left. This is one of the final ones, and it's everybody keeps hyping this up as the penaptional episode. It, this is the episode. So I'm like, all right, bring it on. Let's go. Exactly. And then also, too, at, on Saturday, we're actually going to, I'm actually going to be on Schmo's, uh, well, Disposed of the North Channel at three o'clock Central Time, four o'clock Eastern, one o'clock Pacific Time. Talking about Mount Schmodown. Schmodown is the movie trivia Schmodown. If you're into movie trivia in the format of WWE, go on and check that out. And that's exactly what we cover. Also, too, at eight o'clock PM Central Time, nine o'clock Eastern, six o'clock Pacific Time, I'll have independent director Crichton Hobbs on the show. We're going to be talking about what it's like to actually date a um, date someone that's actually creative, so and how to handle them creatively. So that's what we're going to be doing coming up on the show Saturday night. Sunday night, I don't know what we have planned yet, but stay tuned for more announcements as as time goes on. Okay, so if you guys want to, you guys don't have to, but if you guys choose to donate to the show, how do you do that? You just go to www.gofundme.com forward slash movie lovers podcast. 
And then, of course, you guys can go for to www.movieloversunite.com for all your entertainment needs and wants. Of course, you can follow me on Facebook at Movie Lovers TV Lovers Unite over there. Underneath the same brand on Pinterest and also on Instagram as well. You guys can also follow me at Movie Lovers Unit on Twitter and underneath the same name on Stereo as well. And, of course, John DiGorio8 on Twitter as well and then also too if you guys want to get in touch with me how do you do that you just go on ahead and email me at movieloversunite at gmail.com and those are all the places that you can reach us at that's all the places that you can follow us at go on ahead hit that like button don't forget to hit that subscribe button and also too guys if you guys can go on ahead click near the little bell on the bottom of the screen because how do, this is actually how you actually figure out that we're on you actually get notifications to let us let us know let you know that we're on and getting ready to come on. So hit that little button on the right-hand side on the little bell to give you that notification that we're online and we're doing a stream. So always until next time, guys, it's been real fun. I can't wait to do this again. Thank you, Brandy. Thank you, Rossi, for joining us. Thank you, everyone that was in the live chat. I do appreciate it. Always until next time, guys. Bye-bye. See you. Hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. This is your host, as always, from Movie Lovers Unite, John DiGorio, and I just want to sit, talk about something real quick, and that is Audible. What is Audible? I'm so glad that you guys asked. Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audio books, ranging from bestsellers like Anne Rice, Stephen King, the list just goes on. Their whole entire catalog, when it comes down to audiobooks, is just fantastic. If you're on on the road and everything and you want an audiobook and you want to download it fast go ahead go to audible you're not going to regret it they actually have a trial right now that you guys can actually jump on you can actually go on ahead go to the link and it'll bring you up to that trial and a matter of fact every month members actually get one credit to pick any title plus two audible originals from a monthly selection and access to daily news digest from the new york times the wall street journal and the washington post as well as guided meditation programs. Another thing too guys, that's not all they have. They also have they also have finish if you actually want to go ahead and do some things to actually better yourself for 2021, they have stuff for that too, like finishing more books or becoming a better parent, leader or a person. How-to books, which is something that everybody seems to grab onto a lot lately and everything else. So if you guys are actually looking for something to maybe better yourself for 2021, go on ahead, check out those books as well. They have a big catalog. You guys won't regret it. Go ahead, click on the link below in the description notes. Go on ahead. You guys won't regret it. Sign up for that trial period. And always until next time, stay safe, guys, and enjoy the show. And God bless.